is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 462, recorded Friday, November 15th, 2019. Welcome to the program, everyone, and sorry for another Friday recording, but I'm afraid it's just the way we had to do it again. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know, life gets in the way. It does. It does. It seems like it's been getting in the way a lot lately, so... We'll try to get our crap together, but it is Friday. That means most of you will be listening to this by Saturday morning. Hopefully that uh, doesn't, you know, the people who listen while they commute on Friday mornings are probably going to be bummed out, but I'm sorry about that. We'll try to get yeah. it back to normal next week. Well, they don't have uh, Saturday morning cartoons anymore, so you got to do something. You might as well listen to a podcast. It's a great idea. Saturday morning podcasts. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Well, this is our listener feedback show for... Season 10, episode, no, yeah, season 10, episode 6. God, I'm all off my game. Yeah, who knows? Uh, it was called Bonds, and before we get into the feedback, we will talk about the ratings briefly. This episode got 3.21 million viewers, which isn't too bad. Last week, I don't think I mentioned the ratings. What it always is, last week's episode only had 3.09, so, you know, an uptick there. A little bit of an uptick. That's good. Upticks are good ticks. Upticks are good ticks. Exactly. And, you, know, you know, like the, and the rest of the kinds of ticks are bad ticks. They're all bad. In fact, ticks are one of the things, ticks and bed bugs scare me the most of all the, of Is all they? the, of all the insects you can get on you. I don't want either of those. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm with you. You know, I mean, ticks, Lyme disease, yep. just all kinds of dangerous stuff and bed bugs. Apparently they're impossible to get rid of. So that's bad. You should burn your house down. Well, I don't want to do that. See, see that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you just burn the house down. It's like, and when the insurance company asks you why the house burned down, it's like, well, bed bugs. Oh, okay, fine. Here's your money. No problem. Here's a new house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's how it works, but I suppose you could try. Yeah, yeah, it's worth a try. Don't do that. No, don't do that. All right. Uh, let's get into our listener feedback, Jason, for Bonds. Sure. Listener feedback. Now, we're going to start here with a call from our friend Lee in St. Catharines. And I think for the first time in podcast history, Jason, I took two calls from Lee and spliced them together into one. To one call from Lee. Yeah, it's going to be fairly obvious where the break is because there's a bit of a difference in sound quality. But uh, here we go. This comes from Lee and it's two in one. Sweet. Hey, Chris and Jason, this is Lee in St. Catharines, and i got a couple things to talk about with Bonds. Um, first, the walker that Daryl killed and then used the gormiflage. I thought that was a whisper because he snapped its neck, and I was like, oh, what a good way for them not to recognize that no one killed a walker. But I'm like, well, but it's a walker, so snapping the neck doesn't do anything. So I thought it was really a whisper. But then I'm like, well, if he's using a whisper's blood, then that's warm and smells fresh, and it wouldn't work as a gormiflage. So I don't know what way was supposed to go there, but whatever. Um, also, I think you guys are not thinking much when you talk about the tree falling on, um, hilltop. De um, Jason has said that Beta is a, uh, a hill giant. A hill giant can very easily push over a tree. I don't know why you guys didn't think about that. And I would just like to add for this episode, the best line ever spoken in the entire series. I giggled like a schoolgirl. It was so funny. 
when Negan states that he needs a bigger skin suit for his humongous balls. Hilarious. I loved it. It's awesome. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. So three things there. First of all, yeah, Daryl killing the walker to put the gormiflage all over his face. That was indeed a zombie, not a whisperer because of what Lee says makes a good point that if you kill the living person, you'd be smearing fresh living blood all over your face, which I don't think mm. has the same effect. No, that'd be num, 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 nummy. That'd be very nummy for zombies. Yeah. It'd make you more delicious. Exactly. And, and also when he cracks that zombie's neck, uh, you can still see it moving and stuff. So it's, it's uh. still undead, I think. So it's clear that it was a zombie. Well, that makes the sense. It does make the sense. Now, the second thing is Beta being hill giant and pushing over trees. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. That's obviously what happened. <laughs> yeah, or it was dinosaurs, whatever. I like hill giant. I like hill giant. Okay, so yeah, hill giant or a giant lich. A lich could do it, I bet. Well, he would have his zombies or zombie horde do it. Yeah, zombie horde, the lich that controls them all, of course. Yeah. So yeah, hill giant, no problem. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then what was the last thing? Oh, giggle. He giggled at the line, uh, I need a bigger skin suit to cover my humongous balls. Was that the funniest line that The Walking Dead has ever delivered, Jason? I'm not entirely sure. I was. I thought when he was in the middle of that line that he would say penis or dick or some kind of <laughs> dick joke. But uh, balls is fine because he was talking about balls in the last episode, so we might as well be talking about balls in this one. I mean, Negan appreciates good genitalia humor i think and i think he does it's not the first time he's dropped one of those out if you know what i mean it is definitely not the time he's brought out his balls <laughs> no that's right thank you lee for that call and all your uh points about balls yeah <laughs> thanks lee all right next we have an email from laurel in vancouver island british columbia What's up with all the branches and twigs that go off like dynamite when someone steps on them, littering the floor of every damn forest in every show ever when someone is trying to hide? I walk in the woods every day, and of the thousands of twigs and branches I've stepped on, not one has emitted a blast loud enough to be heard by two dozen walkers 30 feet away doing the zombie shuffle through the same grass and branches and the singing uh, and singing their raspy undead chorus. My left knee makes a louder pop when I get up from the couch. It is a trope as old as filmmaking, just lazy and makes for poor storytelling. Plus, Carol and Daryl know better, even if the writers don't. I mean, that's a really good point. It is a trope as old as filmmaking. Anytime, anywhere, some character is trying to stay hidden, uh, they can't because they step on a branch or a twig that cracks like a, I don't know, like a car wreck. Yeah, or they sneeze or something. But yeah, twigs uh, generally in the forest are not dry necessarily, unless they've been covered for a long time. And then dry twigs go snap. Uh, twigs that litter the forest floor are wet and just kind of bend. They don't snap. They don't. And if snap. they do snap, they're not very loud. Right, especially as Laurel says, when there's you know two dozen walkers thirty feet away doing the same thing, stepping on the same stuff, making their own noise, like. One little yeah. twig breaking is not going to. Oh, they'd be, yeah. Reveal your position that 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 obviously, right? Yeah, the zombies would just be chasing each other all over the place. Yeah, exactly. But this is sometimes what you get when you need a character to be revealed. Well, they make a minor noise that everyone picks up on immediately. 
Yeah, or they start to run and make squealing tire noises. <laughs> and people run away to squealing tire noises? <laughs> That's well, actually, my son makes that noise when he stops or backs up. He goes, because there's a TV show on Prime called uh, Stinky and Dirty, which uh-huh. are awesome. And they are, one's a dump truck and, uh, sorry, a garbage truck, and the other one's a uh, a backhoe. And they, uh, when they stop or back up, they make screeching sounds like the actual vehicles make the sound, but the voice actors do the sound as well. Er, or beep, beep, beep. Oh, that's or fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's a really good show. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, I make squeaking, uh, squealing tire sounds. And so does uh, Jasper when he uh, when he runs around. It goes, er. Next time mm. you're driving in the car, you should make the car noises as you're going along, too. Oh, I make car noises, yeah. Oh, good. But then Jasper also thinks that turning the steering wheel makes the windshield wipers go. Oh. I think he's got a lot to learn about driving. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, make the windshield wipers go. Anyway, so that's enough about that. But, uh, yeah, lots of noise in the woods, in television and movies, but uh, not so much in real life. Yeah. And it is a little bit lazy, I think, for writers to do that when they need somebody revealed. But at the same time, what else are they going to do? You know, how it's it's got to be way harder to come up with a plausible explanation for someone being revealed like that when they're hiding at night yeah you know it's actually very hard to find somebody hiding at night in the forest i would I think you know that my brother used to we used to play hide and seek with my brother at night in the uh, in just a small little section section of woods and i don't know what the hell uh where he learned it but he was a ninja we never found him not once and he, we played this game a lot he'd be gone for three days at a time and We'd run through the whole, like, it wasn't that much of a forest. Like, it wasn't that big. I don't know where he went, but he was always in the forest when it was come come time for him to come out, but we never found him. The, oh. the man was a ninja. Not even, uh, uh, he must have been like a Lithuanian ninja, not the Japanese ninjas. We talked about that, right? Like, Japanese ninjas are the ones we know about, so they're the crappiest ninjas, whereas, like, Lithuanian ninjas or even Russian ninjas or other countries have better ninjas because we've never heard of them. Right. I do recall talking about that. Yeah. So, I don't know what kind of ninja he was, but uh, he was always a damn good one. He was a damn good one. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Laurel, for that email. Now we have a call from Scott. Hey, Jason. Chris, Scott from Arkansas with some feedback for uh, this episode of Bonds. When Daryl comes wandering out of the brush and walks, you know, straight through those tall weeds or the bushes, whatever, uh, when he reunites with Carol, yeah, he's got the blood all over his face. I think he's just pumped full of, of adrenaline and fear because that was a great scene earlier when they're trying to hide from the whisperers and the zombies are coming out after them. And you can tell that Daryl is actually very frightened for his life and he's desperate when he's got the, the zombie. And if you notice, he breaks the zombie's neck, and the zombie, which doesn't kill the zombie, it just sort of incapacitates him, because you can see the zombie kind of moving around ever so slightly. But I think when he's wandering out, he's just like, you know what, they heard the stick break, they were walking around, Uh, they're going to figure out that we were here. So I think at that point, he's just sort of zoned out. Um, And also probably he just did for comedic effect. But anyway, that's my two cents worth. Um, It was a really good episode, in spite of some of the nitpicks, and... uh, Really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Amazing. Thank you, Scott. I like how he goes into this big explanation of what's going on with Daryl, like emotionally and psychologically in that moment. And then at the end, he's like, Andy probably did it for comedic effect. (laughs) People are complex. Oh, extremely complex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I just I, I, I imagine to myself Carol's there with her prisoner and she's waiting for Daryl and he's coming through the forest and you know he knows she's there already and he thinks to himself, you know what would be really funny? If I just sort of flatten my way through these bushes as, as I walk out, not come around them or, or you know, cut a path for myself, just mash them down. I think that would make her laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. Of course. That's great. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. All right. So he did it on purpose. That's fine. Of course. All right. Uh, next, we have an email from Jerry in NorCal. The scenes involving Negan and Beta Im- immediately reminded me of Shrek. Grumpy and miserable as as he's being pestered by the chatterbox donkey. All right, so Negan as the donkey and Beta yep. as big old Shrek, and they're walking along. Shrek can't or donkey can't stop talking, making ridiculous comments. I think it works. Yeah, that's fine. I can totally <laughs> been, see it. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I've seen Shrek all the way through, Ooh. but I know that uh, it's Mike Myers and uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy as the donkey. And yeah, but I, I don't think I've seen the whole whole movie. You know, the Shrek movies are pretty good. My kids were really into them for a long time. There's a lot of good gags, a lot of fun, like fairy tale parody stuff. So right. I like the Shrek movies and uh, the Negan and Beta comparison to Shrek and Donkey. I like that. That's good. Okay. And well, I that's... And I may never be able to see those two the same way again now. Well, I don't think it's going to last a whole lot longer. No. Whatever's right. going on is going to come to a head and be over soon. Yeah. That dynamic isn't going to last for too long. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, how how long could it last? How many Shrek movies are, are, were there? Four? Oh, at least four, maybe five. All right. So what's that? A 90 minutes a piece. So four times 90 minutes, that's four hours plus two hours. That's six hours. So 44 minutes an episode. It could probably last the rest of the season, really. Oh, easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Hopefully not that long. All right. Uh, Heather on our Facebook page wrote, I'm officially a Negan fan. Those scenes of him chattering on and on next to Beta had me rolling. Reminds me of literally every waking moment of my life with my five-year-old. I was like, give him some fruit snacks and he'll shut up for a few minutes. (laughs) Smart. Yeah. Well, you know, some kids like to talk. I had some kids that liked to talk. They Uh still, they still like to talk and almost never shut up. So, uh, Always take fruit snacks wherever you go. It's important. That's that's a good idea. Yeah. I, well, we have fish crackers. So that's what we're doing right now is uh, those little fishy crackers. Yeah, called goldfish. Uh, yeah, whatever. But they come in, uh, you can get individual packages that we'd leave a bunch in the car, and they're all rainbow colored. They're not just one flavor. They're all, uh, Well, I think they're all one flavor, but they're different colors. Anyway, you give him a package of those, and uh, yeah, he's quiet yeah, but for a little while. Who called, nobody calls them fish crackers. They're called goldfish. Whatever. He calls them fish crackers, and oh. I learned it from him. Okay. Because he got them at a as a birthday present uh, at a birthday party he went to. <laughs> and he really liked them, so we bought more, and we just call them fish crackers. I never read the label. I get it. Okay. If he invented the name, that's fine. But yeah, otherwise, you'd be wrong. Uh, Probably. You know, he can't read, so who knows where yeah. he got it from. Fair. <laughs> They're crackers that shape like fish, so fish crackers makes sense. It's more of a description than a name, but I get you. Okay. So, yeah, carry food around. Well, yeah, because Negan's hungry, right? He only had like one little bite of uh, pig there. So no wonder he's a chatterbox. He's probably grumpy, too. Yeah, I bet he is. And he just likes the sound of his own voice. We got yeah, can't he, forget that. Yeah, he, he's hangry. He's hangry all the time. Hangry Negan. Yeah, we just need to feed him. He'll be fine. 
All right. Next, we have an email from Pedro in Chicago. Chicago. When Beta leaves Negan behind for dead, Beta slices the throat of the whisperer that gave Negan some food. If you go back to that scene, you'll notice uh, Beta in the background looking on. Beta was trying to kill two birds with one stone. He kills that whisperer then uh, that then attracts all the walkers towards Negan. Right. So that was indeed the same whisperer that gave Negan the food. And wow, did a lot of people write in to point this out to Yeah, I guess us. we missed that one, did we? Didn't to- we? Totally missed it. It's obvious. The thing is, though, I went back and looked, and the scene where he... Well, both scenes are at night and are pretty dark. So I'll be honest with you. I, yeah, I didn't put two and two together and make the connection. Um, the thing that was most obvious is that that whisperer had a quill of arrows on his back in both scenes. Oh yeah. So I think that's how you were supposed to put it together. But other than that, the guy was like, or the, the whisperer was in shadow, very dark shadow most of the time. So I think it wasn't as obvious as some people, but it is indeed what they were going for and totally missed it. Is it racist if I say they all look the same to me? Well, you know, they are all wearing dead people's masks, so they all do sort of look the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. Is that bad? Does that make me wrong? You know, I, I don't I know. Feel, I feel a little bit wrong. It it does sound a little bit wrong to say that, but hmm, I think you're in the clear. Well, it's it's a whole, I'm, I'm assigning a generality to a whole group of people, so that's got to be bad, right? It is not a good thing generally. That's okay. right. All right. So I'll try and uh, pay more attention to individual walkers and uh, whispers. And at the very least, notice their um, their gear. That's what sets them apart, at least in this case. Yeah, that makes sense. If, you, if you're going to go through the trouble of putting a quiver of arrows on the, somebody's back, you're doing it for a reason. It's because you need to easily identify them. It's called peacocking, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Make them stand out from the crowd. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's a good way to uh, to meet people that you're interested in. If you go to a bar and you don't want to blend in every, with everybody else that's there, and you want to attract someone or anyone, uh, you peacock. You do something that is com- a little bit outrageous so that you stand out, like wearing a really tall hat or uh, something like a, like a, a yellow and orange sweater. <laughs> Or no pants. How about that? Or or no pants. Yeah. Or like really big clown shoes. Oh, like good, something yeah. just so that people go, whoa, what the hell's going on there? And you pay attention to them, and then somebody might get interested. Be- yeah. Before you know it, you got a date or a quiver of arrows. Perfect. Don't don't carry a bow because that's a weapon, and you'll get arrested probably. But a quiver of arrows. What's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with it. It's just a bunch of sticks. You don't even have to have real arrows; just sticks with feathers on them. Sure. Daryl knows what he's doing, right? With the zombie, uh, the necklace, uh, the ears, the necklace ears, the ear necklace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's his, uh, that's his peacocking so he can stand up. Something's wrong with me. I can't talk tonight. Well, you're not feeling well. Well, I'm trying to power through, but I don't know. Couldn't get that out. Anyways, let's move on. Thank you, Pedro, for that. Next is Bill in New Jersey. Bill writes, I noticed in season nine, after Alpha gets Lydia back from Hilltop, that when there is a clean or non-masked person, that person walks next to a masked whisperer, and they are encircled by other whisperers. This happened last week with Beta and Negan. On both occasions, Alpha and Lydia and Beta and Negan, when the former stopped to talk to the latter, 
the perimeter circle of whisperers stopped moving forward and instead walked in a circle around the two in the middle. With Beta, when he suddenly slit the throat of that whisperer who happened to be walking by him, like bad luck in musical chairs, but instead of losing, you die, (laughs) this caused a commotion and the circling walkers abandoned formation, leaving Negan exposed and the walkers on the periphery to spot and attack him. Huh. Yeah, and I, I've i noticed this before, and I think we've even brought it up before, that how when Alpha is walking amongst a group of Whisperers uh, that also presumably have some actual walkers in there, um, or even if they don't, when they stop walking, when Alpha stops walking, the rest of them just kind of continue to shuffle around around them. And I think it's an interesting little detail about how the whisperers work, right? If they all stopped walking and just stood there, it would look more suspicious to anyone watching or maybe to other zombies that aren't part of their herd yet. Uh, But if they all putter around like that, it's kind of what zombies do most of the time. So, yeah, you know, it's not, it doesn't draw any attention to them. And they've done it a bunch of times on the show here now. Um, and in this case, you know, we we all know that that Beta was setting Negan up to be killed by these walkers. Uh, so I don't know that it was just um, the fact that Beta surprised them by killing the one. I think that's what he was going for. And maybe the rest of them in the in the herd knew that. Or it could have been as what Bill said, just kind of caused a commotion and then the circling walkers abandoned formation and then Negan was exposed. But either way, I think it's cool that we see the whispers doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. They must run drills. You right? would think. And yeah. They, if they, they, they seem to know what they're doing with this circling thing and uh, running interference and then abandoning when alpha does something and then basically reading his mind when he slits the throat of somebody, you're like, okay, he's doing this for a purpose. Let's just walk off in random directions and let the, let the horde go. Mm-hmm. Well, for a little while, you're right. Try and get them back later. Get them back later. But maybe they practice these sorts of things. You know, I mean, this isn't their first day. They know what they're doing. They've been doing this for years. I think they may have, you know, we're years into the zombie apocalypse. The whisper has been around for a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. All right, then. So next we have an email. Well, it's not an email. It's from uh, James on our Facebook page. I don't see the point of the whisperers fleeing large slabs of skin from the walkers when they only appear to use their faces and scalps. All right, so this is in reference to when we have the Negan montage of stuff to set to music. And they are indeed carving, you know, pieces of skin off of walkers that they've killed. And James makes a good point. What are they using these big slabs of flesh for? Because it's obviously not masks. Are they making armor out of it? Blankets. Blankets? Well, maybe tarps. Maybe they cover themselves in these zombie tarps at night so that the zombies don't attack them while they're sleeping. Actually, that's a really good idea. It's not a bad idea, but, you know, um, people snore. I don't think zombies snore. So unless they have a whole bunch of CPAP machines that they can hook up uh, to help them, the nighttime must, must be difficult. Well, that's why you keep people on watch, but sometimes you just... Oh, okay. They keep them, you know, far enough away where the snoring doesn't really affect them. Yeah. Then why do you need the zombie blankets? Warmth, maybe? Well, you got to get blankets from somewhere, right? Well, they wear clothes. I yeah. guess they wear zombie clothes. And zombies don't carry blankets, so you need to make zombie blankets out of zombies? Well, that's what I... That's, yeah, you need okay. some right. sort of, 
maybe they use them as like, you're right, tarps for shelters, like tents or something. Tent, yeah. Right? Yep. So there's there's a variety of things you could use the skin for, I suppose. We just haven't really seen it too much. All we've seen is the masks. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it, yeah and this uh, they could use it for anything within the uh, the the blanket hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it could be you know like the it's it's scarf shawl, no, it's scarf pashmina shawl, uh, blanket tarp tent. Uh, it goes up from there, but I'm not really sure. But anyway, anything in there would be it would be fine. I mean, maybe they're making really nice, high quality leather wallets or something like that. Oh yeah, everybody needs a zombie wallet. Yeah. Where are you going to keep your zombie credit cards? Right. I mean, if Batman can have his own card, then uh, the Whispers can have their own bank cards. Or zombie, like, you, gotta, you might have to withdraw from the zombie bank. <laughs> of course. What else would you need it for? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is good, James. I think we came up with lots of reasons for skinning zombies. Scarves. Uh, scarves, right. I think, um, you know, speaking of snoring... That's the thing that would get me killed in the zombie apocalypse. I snore like a crazy person and I wear a CPAP machine at night and without uh-huh. it, um, you know, I'd probably just die. So it wouldn't be good. Yeah. I wouldn't make it that far. I mean, sure. That would kill me if I lasted a whole day and had to sleep, but, uh, you wouldn't you even last to, day one. <laughs> well, if it involved any kind of running away from any kind of zombie at any time, uh, I would be dead. Okay. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> Because they would catch me, even ho- even shambling. They're shambling versus my hobbling. Let's find out who wins. Yeah. They can go on forever. You can't. I cannot. All right. Next, we have an email from Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Matt writes, oh, before I read this, I should point out that Matt refers to something from the comics that hasn't actually actually happened in the TV show yet. So if you consider that a spoiler, maybe jump ahead a little bit. To just after his email. Um, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Okay, so Matt writes, Eugene and Rosita's conversation made me smile. I realized that, the, that other than Daryl and Carol, these two have the longest relationship on the show. If this illness takes out Rosita, it will really crush Eugene. Even though he wants more, it's nice to see that their friendship is still strong. Rosita clearly values him, and talking to him comforts her while she's sick. At the same time, Eugene's yearning to connect with people broke my heart a little. First, he wanted to share his radio love with Nabila, then his general call for anyone out there, and finally when he connected to the woman presumably from the Commonwealth. He was excited to make any connections he could, which is a nice evolution from the more reserved version he started as. So yeah, Eugene and Rosita, I I agree. It was nice to see that, you know, they still do have this deep friendship, even though they recently kind of had that um, moment where, you know, Eugene was feeling pretty bad because his friendship was based on his desire to be with Rosita romantically. Yeah. yeah. But but clearly they still have something together. And it's nice because I felt it too. When she calls him up on the radio, it made her feel good to talk to him when she wasn't feeling good. Yeah, that's because Eugene is stuck squarely in the friend zone, and she has always thought of him as a friend. And Eugene is coming to terms with uh, thinking of uh, thinking of her as just a friend. Yeah, and he, he's kind of spinning out of control a little bit if he's reaching out to talk to anybody. 
he is. Oh, the girl I loved or the woman I loved doesn't love me back. So anybody out there? Anybody want to talk? Right. But I like the fact that he's not pushing her away so much, right? I mean, yes, he is in a different town now. And I think he, I think he did kind of make up excuses not to go back immediately, like fixing the wall and building the radio because he wanted to distance himself a little bit from Alexandria and from her. But I'm pretty sure Eugene's going to come around and realize that they do have something special in whatever relationship they do have. So I like that. Makes me happy for them. Okay, good. Yeah. It's still a little sad, but I mean, it's a little sad, but in the long run, it'll be happy, I think. Yeah, it's complex. Absolutely. All right. Next, we have an email from Danielle in upstate New York. I don't trust the voice on the radio, and I'm worried that this is going to end badly. Eugene is in a vulnerable, vulnerable place with Rosita's rejection. So I think he's looking to connect and may tell this stranger too much. Well, now that is a risk for sure. Um, if he doesn't sort of come around quickly enough, he might, yeah, he might reveal something he shouldn't to whoever this is on the radio. Yeah. I don't want to say too much, but my name is Eugene and I live at these coordinates in a town called, uh, uh, Westerberry. What's it called? Hilltop. Hilltop. Well, that's where uh, he is currently. Yeah. So, yeah, he could reveal too much. He could. And and we don't know anything about her, right? So it's makes a lot of sense that they don't trust each other. But it does seem like Eugene is way more open to just telling her his life story. And that's because he's looking for someone to talk to because he doesn't really have any friends. Except what he needs to do is just get on the radio with Rosita a little bit more and, you know, go with that. Rosita's sick, though. She doesn't want to talk on the radio. Well, she does. She called him. I know, but that's a nice little, uh, you know, to take her mind off of it. But uh, talking on the radio must be uh, hard when you're sick, right? I don't think it's that tricky. I mean, I can talk on the phone when I'm sick. I can speak into a microphone when I don't feel very well, like right now. Right now, yeah. You're you're wearing a hoodie, and your hood is up. That's how I know that you're not feeling well. Yeah, that's I put the hood up when I don't feel well, cause it keeps me warmer and I always feel better when I'm warmer. Do you? Except when I have a fever, which I, I don't get very often. I can't remember the last time I had a fever. I had the chills like two or three weeks ago, something like that. Mm. Did we record a podcast that day? Uh, we did. We'll see. There you go. You should have put a hood on. You would have felt better. No, I mean, after I recorded the podcast and then in the middle of the night, I woke up with a fever and chills and I was sick for the next couple of days. Oh, okay. All right. So well. the, the, I didn't podcast while I was sick. The podcast was the cause of me getting sick. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. All right. Next here is Paula in Melbourne, Australia. Paula writes, the method the whisperers used when cooking the pig is what our neighbors in New Zealand call a hangi? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's H-A-N-G-I, and there's two accents on the vowels in the word. She also sent a link in about this method of cooking. So I went to the link, and I took this quote from the website. Hangi food was traditionally wrapped in flax leaves, but a modern hangi is more likely to substitute foliage with cloth sacks, aluminum foil, and wire baskets. The baskets are placed on hot stones at the bottom of a hole, The food is covered with wet cloth and a mound of earth that traps the heat from the stones around the food. The hangy food is left in the ground for about three to four hours, depending on the quantity being cooked. 
Oh, so that's what the uh, what the, the zombie backs were for. For four, they're the, they're the wet cloths to cover the hangi. Oh yeah, there you go. That makes a ton of sense, actually. So they're not making high quality human leather wallets. They're using it to cook food. Yeah, uh, hangi. It sounds delicious. Anything? Uh, yeah, anytime you cook a pig in the ground, it sounds good to me. It does sound pretty good. I don't know why, but it does. I agree with you absolutely. I mean, some of the best meat I've ever had has been like barbecued or cooked over an open fire on a spit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's good stuff. If you're, I went to a eating. wedding a number of years ago, uh, in, uh, I don't even know where it was, but, uh, they had a whole pig that was roasted on a spit, uh, for dinner. Yeah. And it was absolutely delightful. One of the best, even though it looked like a pig and, uh, the skin was all nice and crispy. And the, you know, I had some of the skin pulled off, like directly pulled off the the cooked pig, and then I had a bite, and it was delightful. You're, I um, knew then and there that I would never ever be a vegetarian. Yeah, I was going to say you're scaring off some of our vegetarian listeners, so please don't go, everyone. We are very vegetarian friendly too. Yeah, we oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I had a, I had a salad with dinner, and I loved it. It wasn't. <laughs> you know, I also had ravioli, but it was delightful. Sure, like, full of pork. <laughs> <laughs> cheese actually oh good that's delicious anyways that does sound good that sort of hangy uh food preparation method and again sorry i don't know how to pronounce that it wasn't clear from the website and uh h-a-n-g-i looks like hangy yeah why not yeah or hangai or hang hanga hangi could be who knows it's got the same uh accent over both the a and the i on the end so i don't know what that does to the letters no me make them longer shorter change them to other letters like hangu <laughs> yeah it just makes them different letters english doesn't have a lot of accents uh no not too many so yeah all right next we have a uh an email from charlie in raleigh and apparently this is more theories on the Negan release. Right. So that's something we've talked about a lot. So the last three um, messages we have here are different theories on who let Negan out. And apparently there are lots of different theories. So let's start with this first one. All right. So Charlie writes, who let Negan out? Chris, you mentioned Judith on the What It Always Is recap, but it couldn't have been her because she has been with Michonne at Hilltop and they're on their way to Oceanside. I think that it may be Carol. Early in the Bonds episode, Daryl says uh, about finding the herd in Whisperer territory, we're not going to sneak in there without stirring up some kind of shit. And Carol responds, we only need to figure out where they are and we'll tell the council, council I swear. What if Carol let Negan out to infiltrate the Whisperers? Yeah, so the theory of him getting out to infiltrate the Whisperers is a common one. It's just who sort of who put him up to that and carol is a fairly good option yeah. i suppose i mean you can you can almost think up a reason for any character to help negan escape in order for him to infiltrate the whispers except for the ones that aren't there like judith and michonne uh and charlie you're absolutely right i wasn't thinking when i said that before because they're not even around yeah what if it was rick what if rick came back and let him out Rick came back, let him out, said, go take out, go take out Alpha, and I'm going to go back to doing my movies. That's right. You know? <laughs> See you later. See yeah, you later. Uh, you know, if Carol can make a percolator sing like a kettle when it's ready, she can obviously let Negan out. 
Yeah, obviously, that's right. Hold that thought, though, Jason, about the percolator. All right. Next email here is Jill in Chicago, and Jill writes, I'm thinking Aaron helped Negan escape, fearing it was possible that the council would forgive him if Gabe used his swing vote after sleeping on it. Earlier this season, when they were out fighting off walkers, Aaron told Negan, if you cared about this community, you would leave. Aaron doesn't like Negan being there, and he did argue for getting rid of him, but his character might find banishment more humane. He may even have thought it likely Negan would meet up with the Whispers, and they would take care of him for our group. So this is a little bit of the other side of things. Let Negan out, so he goes and finds the Whispers, hoping that the Whispers will kill Negan and get rid of him and deal with that problem, which, based on what we've seen from Aaron, kind of does fit with the way he's feeling. It it does fit, and they did try to kill him. They did, yeah. So smart Aaron. Here we here we go. We have a plausible theory for Carol releasing Negan and a plausible theory for Negan. I mean, for Aaron releasing Negan. And yes. as we've talked about before, even Father Gabe has could have his reasons. So mm. at this point, it could be anybody, really. Yeah, it's like who shot JR. There's so many people that have uh, that had reasons to do it that it could be anybody. Or Mr. Burns, right. who shot Mr. Burns. That's right. Same thing. Um, now, Spoiler alert for The Simpsons, I think season four. Well, I didn't reveal who did shoot Mr. Burns. I won't. Um, here's the thing, though, Jason. Do you think the show is doing this on purpose, or are we as fans a little bit nuts and overthinking things way too much? I think we as fans are probably overthinking things way too much, but I think the show knows that that would happen. Uh-huh. So I don't think they're 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 not sticking it in our in our face like who shot Mr. Burns or who shot Jr. or you know that kind of a cliffhanger kind of thing. They're not you know, blasting us in the face with it there. It's a little more subtle, but you know, us as fans are going, wait, there's a plot hole here. We need to figure this out. And, uh, we're trying, we're, we're trying real hard. We are trying real hard. I wonder if we've even come close yet though. eh? thinking about someone must've let him out. And for what reason, but I don't know, maybe it's just something completely different that no one's even considered yet. Beavers. Oh, yeah, the beavers. Don't forget the beavers. <laughs> the, the army of beavers. Don't forget them. Yeah. Well, all right, fine. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, speaking of an army of beavers, let's do our last one here. <laughs> all right. And lastly, we have a call from Jennifer. Yeah. And I, I think Jennifer's in her car. So the quality isn't amazing on this, but I'm going to play it anyways uh, because I think, Jason, you'll appreciate it. And, um, you know, at the end, there's one more. I think one more Negan theory, so let's hear it. All right, you're spoiling the call. Just play it. Sorry. Hi, guys. It's Jennifer. I'm in the car driving, and I hope it's not too late to get some listener feedback in from the last episode. Um, I really need to talk to you about the percolator. Jason is absolutely spot on, and I'm going to agree with him actually 150%, and I'll tell you why. Because the fact that it's whistling is exactly the opposite of what you want from a percolator. So a percolator boils for like 10 to 15 minutes or whatever, how long you want your coffee to boil. So the fact that it's boiling, you want it to continue to boil. And the fact that it's whistling means you're taking it off the stove. 
So a teapot whistles when it's boiling, then you remove it. A percolator boils for a length of time, and then you take it off. This is so dumb. It's making me so mad, and I know it's a total nitpick, but it's not. It's so stupid. It's so stupid, it just makes me mad. This show is detail-oriented as it is. By the way, Carol is still wearing the friendship bracelets that Daryl made her. For a show that's as detail-oriented as it is, that is just a stupid thing. They did it in post. They, somebody came up with some dumb idea to make a whistle on a percolator, and it just makes me so mad. Um, so I have to 150% agree with Jason because it's actually dumber than he said it was. I just had to rant about that. It's driving me nuts. It's making me really mad. I hope they actually get enough complaints about it to go back and change it because it's so stupid. All right, you guys. Oh, one more thing. Daryl let Negan out because he couldn't track him for real. Brandon tracked him, but Daryl couldn't track him. Nope, it was Daryl. I'm going to go with Daryl. All right, guys. Discuss. Later. Awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. So what I like about that is how passionate she is about the yeah. fact that the stupid percolator was whistling. And it may seem like a small thing, but you know what? We care. We care about this show and the little things, right? Yeah. And whoever's idea was that, they forced it on the rest of humanity, right? Somebody right. had a great idea. Oh, we need to make this uh, a little more uh, emphasized. So we need, let's just do this. And the editor went, really? Like, we can't do that. That's that's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, no, do it anyway. All right. Or right. the editor snuck it in at the end of everything and put in the sound effect and nobody knew. And then it got released. And Angela Kang is like, you're fired. You know, you're never... You're never going to edit anything else. It, uh, <laughs> it's just somebody, some single individual forced this on humanity, and uh, I hope they feel ashamed. Uh, you know, you made a percolator whistle, and I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. I don't know if it's fireable. Like, really? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they were demoted. I hope they didn't get fired over it, but... Uh, the thing about it is, I feel like they probably were looking at that and said, you know what? People don't know the difference. They think this is a kettle, so we're just going to make it whistle like a kettle. Or it was supposed to be a kettle. They didn't have one in the prop room that day, so they brought out a percolator, and they're like, you know what? We got to make it whistle anyways, because it's supposed to be a kettle. People know the difference. Well, you can't you you can't assume that people don't know the difference between a percolator and a kettle. Not, I think most people would, but not everybody. Well, no, of course not. Like, how many people have ever used a percolator? Not I used to own one because I lived in an apartment and I didn't want to buy a coffee maker. So I bought, a like, a percolator. I put it on the stove, made coffee. It was yeah. great. I, I don't own one, and I, w I don't know the difference. Because I don't drink coffee or make coffee, so that's my problem. Right. But, you well, you don't know the difference, what, between a percolator coffee and regular uh, coffee maker coffee? Or you don't know the difference between a percolator and a kettle? Um, I don't. Well, I didn't look at that thing and go, hey, that's a percolator, not a kettle. It didn't even register as wrong for me. But, hey, I'm not taking anything away from you guys who think it's the biggest problem in the world, because I do agree it's a problem. Oh, so when they, when whoever put that in said people won't know the difference, they were thinking of you. They were thinking of me. That's right. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. I'm not uh, going to say any more about that. No, let's, let's move on to Jennifer's last point, that Daryl 
let Negan out. And her argument is that Daryl actually says he can't track Negan when we all know that Daryl can track anything or anybody. So is he lying there? Why would he say that? Yeah. I don't know what happened to the money. (laughs) I'm not a financial expert. Exactly. I don't know where it went. It just disappeared. <laughs> it just disappeared. I don't know. It was there in the account and now it's gone. I don't know what's going on, why these books are so messy. I don't know what's going on. What's the Cayman Islands? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never heard of them. <laughs> I've never heard of what? <laughs> yeah. So here we are. We are now at a place where almost all of the main characters have some sort of motive, many of them similar, but still some motive for releasing Negan and sending him out into the wild, including right. Daryl. It's amazing. Yeah. So Holy- I'm on the, I, I really don't know who it is. And I don't think that uh, I'm going to be able to figure it out beforehand. Well, and holy crap, Walking Dead, you better reveal who it is to us. This better not just be a thing that fades away into nothing because we're all going to be very upset. Yeah, they might not let us know. They might not care. They might, th- might think uh, nobody cares who let Negan out. Well, why do we, we don't have to tell, well, they probably didn't even think about it. Just after the fact, like, man, the internet's really going wild on this. We let Negan out shit. We didn't come up with an answer for that because we didn't think anybody would care. You know what? Angela is not that dumb. She knows what she's doing. The show has really been really good for two years now. I don't know. They she, had a percolator that sang like a kettle. She can't leave us hanging. Angela, don't leave us hanging. We need to know. We need know. to know. Somebody assumed we were pretty dumb. No, no, and no. Remember they were know, think- I, between between you and me, they were 50% right. See, they were thinking about me, but most of the time they're thinking about the smart people. Okay. And they're going to let us know. I don't think anybody's thinking about the smart people. Oh God. All right. Well, that is our last call or email for the show. And if you have any other theories about who let Negan out, keep sending them in. I think we'll probably do the near Negan release theory update every episode as we move forward until they inevitably let us know who it is. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Um, if you would like to help out, support the show, I don't have any thank yous this this time, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, you can do that in two ways. One of those ways is becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead. You can make a small monthly pledge there. Or if you'd rather just make a one-time contribution, you can do that at talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal. Those are, you know, two great ways to help support the show. And, you know, that just goes into the cost of running this thing. And if that's not your bag, that's cool. Uh, Go leave us a review, Um, a five-star review on any podcast platform that supports reviews, including Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to help us get featured there, move us up in the charts a little bit. And especially as we work towards the mid-season finale here when, you know, often there are a few more eyeballs on the show than usual. Uh, it, it really helps to get us some, uh, featured or get us featured there. So that would be wonderful too. Okay. Uh, next week on the walking dead, Jason, we have a new episode. It's episode seven for season 10. We are almost at the mid season finale and it's called open your eyes. Mm. So we got to think this isn't going to be an episode that heavily deals with Sadiq's issues, right? Why? Because when he, he has eyes, no, because just remember he was holding Coco. He dozed off in the rocking chair. He heard whisper voices telling him to open his eyes multiple times. And then he ended up on the windmill. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's directed <laughs> I'm by, a, I'm in, let's see. It's directed by Michael Cudlitz again. 
and uh, the last one he did was great. So I'm looking for uh, big things here. And I am very curious to find out, a little bit anxious to find out more about what Sadiq is going through and if there's more to it than just he's traumatized by all the recent events, which, you know, to be fair, that would be more than enough, but we'll see. Right. Uh, okay. One more thing I want to mention before we wrap up here is that Disney Plus launched recently. That is Disney's streaming service. And they have a show on there called The Mandalorian, which is the first Star Wars live action television show. So if you're watching that and you want to hear me talk about it a little bit more, I am co-hosting another podcast, yet another podcast about The Mandalorian. And you can find it over on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com or just search for House Podcastica on your platform of choice. We talk about the Mandalorian. It's me, another guy named Jason, not you, <laughs> because apparently everybody I know is named Jason. Yeah, me too. And uh, and a third guy named Rich. So uh, we are going to have a lot of fun with that. And if you're watching the Mandalorian, I recommend you check it out. I watched it. It's good. The show? The show, yeah. It airs Friday nights now, right? It does Which air. Is like right friggin' now, so we got to. Well, you gotta watch it. it. I mean, it comes out on Friday, so it's been out all day as far as I know. But yeah, they released the first one on launch day, which was Tuesday this week. Uh, but from now on, they'll be out on Fridays. Yeah. And, and Disney Plus, just so you know, I know we talked about this uh, off the air, but I want you to feel uh, a little bit of relief that uh, my concern that uh, uh, Disney Plus wouldn't have the Apple Dumpling Gang, uh, they do in fact have it. I wasn't able to find the the movie where Don Knotts turns into a fish, but uh, they do have the Apple Dumpling Gang, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Do you have a name on the movie where Don Knotts turns into a fish? Uh, no. I just remember seeing it as a kid, and I'm pretty sure it's a Disney movie, so. Okay. Well, maybe well, look I up mean, the I mean, I can look it up, but I'm sure if I looked up Don Knotts on IMDb that they would have all kinds of stuff. You'd probably go into a big Don Knotts rat hole and watch his entire catalog oh, God, he's such a genius he's even <laughs> he's even in it's a wild 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 world uh because everybody's in that and uh don Knotts is the he's a genius in my mind he's just absolute genius all right it's amazing well that's disney plus including the mandalorian and uh check out the house podcastica show about the mandalorian if you want to i think it's worth your time all right if you want to get in touch with us before or anytime really uh you can you can do that by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the talking dead. You can also visit our website, click on send voicemail at the top and record a message that will come straight to us or send emails to talking dead podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send those who let Negan out theories, keep them coming. We're going to start a database and then see who's closest when they finally no, do reveal it. No, we're not. Well, I might. Maybe okay. I'll even maybe I'll even decide who is closest and then send them a prize. That would be fun. I got lots of okay. prizes sitting around. Uh, all right, do that. All right. Not an official contest. It's just like, eh, you know what? This theory's pretty close. Let's send that person a prize. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> all right. Until next time, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.